Hello, and welcome to Marriage Unchained, the art of one flesh, where saving marriages, saving families, and saving souls is the flavor of the day. Now, let's join our host and author of Marriage Unchained, Catholic Alpha Radical, Jerry Jacobs Jr. Welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical Live, where I help you fix your Catholic marriage. I've coached and helped hundreds of men in their marriages, and now I want to help you. Call 313 Radical now. That's area code 313 Radical. And ask me anything on tough marital issues, such as what to do when she's asked for divorce. What to do when you have a mutual agreement of separation, but you didn't want it. What to do when your wife is cold and distant. What to do when your wife is having an affair. What to do when your marriage is bad, boring, lukewarm, and passionless. What to do when you engage in a mental embrace less than once a month. What to do when you sleep in separate bedrooms. What to do when she has left the home with or without the children. What to do when you're divorced but didn't want it. Call 313-RADICAL. That's area code 313-723-4225. That's area code 313-723-4225. Again, call 313-RADICAL right now for answers to intimacy problems, communication problems, prayer and spiritual warfare problems, authentic masculinity problems, a.k.a. how to man up. So, sit back, relax, take a chill pill, and get ready to rock. But don't duck. Can you feel it? Catholic Alpha Radical, coming at you now. Hello, 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 and welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical Live, the Catholic Relationship Podcast that helps you fix your Catholic marriage while also giving you winning tactics for marriage problems, girlfriend problems, and intimacy problems for men. Moreover, well, my main mission is to keep you out of divorce court and marriage unchanged. The art of one flesh divorce combat coaching is the flavor of the day while also helping men understand marriage and courting, not dating in the Catholic faith. Why? Because dating is for sex and courting is for marriage. In this 87th episode, the Holy Lover series continues how to save my marriage when my wife has given up. 33 gifts that will satisfy her forever. Today, we uncover gift number eight. And it's a tough one. It's not a, it's not a fun thing to talk about. But as a holy lover, as a man, you've got to tackle the tough stuff too. So get in that cue because we're going to take live calls as well. 313-723-4225 for some resolution to your Marriage Confusion. So let's talk about the quote of the day. Let's do this. Quote, all love craves unity. This is evident in marriage 
where there is the unity of two in one flesh. When a person loves anything, he sees it as fulfilling a need and seeks to incorporate it to himself, whether it be the wine that he loves or the science of the stars. End quote. Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen, quote, three, to get married. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me to help you in yours. Get live Catholic marriage help Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern for some resolution to your marriage confusion. it let's do it so today we are covering gift number eight um and so we're going to talk about we're in the holy lover series basically that is contrary to the series. we're not really contrary to it's it complements the series that i just did um talking about clues how to how to know when your wife may want divorce and in that series we did a lot of talking about you know, what you can do, how to keep eyes on your wife, or not how to keep eyes on her, but how to how to, you know, learn about more about her, her mysteries and things like that. In this series, we get more of the philosophy on the things that you could do to even stop from even reaching marriage crisis, or if you are in marriage crisis, these philosophies, these 33 philosophies will get you out of it. The problem is it's hard to do it by yourself. But that's why we all have coaches. Even I have a coach. My coaches have coaches. My coaches' coaches have coaches. <laughs> why? Because today we're so morally bankrupt. We all are searching for someone to help us, whether it be in business or marriage or sex life um, or, or, or faith. Um, and so you need people who have just a little bit more knowledge than you to help guide you to the next step. And so that's what this podcast is really about, um, to help men to understand that you have a lot more, you're in control of this, this, this world a lot more than you think, but it comes at a sacrifice. You must submit. You must submit to the will of the Father. And when you do, then you will naturally realize that you are in more control of things than you think you are with his help. Now, that being said, in the Holy Lover series, I give husbands, in, the, in case they didn't heed my warnings in the clues about, okay, you didn't heed my warnings in the clues series, now we're going we're gonna to get you and try to get you out of it. Um, I also make a bold claim that if you follow these 33 clues, that I'm not 33 clues, these 33 gifts, and I call them gifts because it is your job as a man to give your wife all the gifts of a holy lover that you can to bestow upon her, to drown her in love, devotion, um, um, and, and holiness so that she becomes that woman and wife that you need, okay? Believe it or not, I don't think there's ever been a system created that can say that, um, you know, especially in the Catholic faith. You know, I know in the Catholic faith, people don't even really want to talk about relationships. You know, everybody thinks it's all about, in the Catholic church, you know, it's always about somebody talking about a rosary or somebody talking about, you know, uh, the the commandments or somebody's talking about some prayer or somebody's talking about the saints or the blessed mother. And don't get me wrong. 
I more than anybody know how important that is. I love it. But if you if you try to Google or go on YouTube and find stuff that will help you in the Catholic Church um, uh, to go deeper in your marriage and to really give you action steps on how to do that, so that's man, you're gonna get crickets. You're gonna get crickets. And when somebody does bring it up, first thing they do is they go to the the holiest of the holy of a, of a Saint Paul. You know, theology of the body or something like that. And that stuff is 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 hard to understand. You have to really study it and you have to read books on it. Um, and there is a website on the theology of the body too. I forgot what it's called, but it's it's good. But my point of it is, man, practical relationship help in the Catholic faith. There is none. Um, there is a couple that wrote the book, uh, racially relationship help 911 or something like that there's a couple that they almost got divorced the alexanders there's a couple they you know i should have them on the podcast see if they'll come on at least him i didn't even think about that hmm anyway they are catholic they almost got divorced and then somehow you know they bought it together um but it's very few people that give you the practicality of a relationship especially from the completely man's point of view and again the reason i talk to men because i know that if you don't change the man you ain't changing to nothing ain't nothing happening you know uh and that's the way it is it might sound sexist i don't care it's the truth um it's just the way men and men and most men know that if i could just change myself things will be better we know that instinctively you know instinctively so with that being said, you know, I I want to try my best. I try to bring their, you know, their Catholic radio shows that uh, stations that you they don't have nothing about relationships. Now, there's a doctor, uh, doctor. Uh, uh, oh, what is his name? Doctor starts with a G. Um, he 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 has uh, uh, he's a psychiatrist um, or psychologist. I can't remember which one. And he has a show, EWTN, where he has like he adopted like 11 or 12 kids and he is the guru on children and family that like that, you know, but that's that there's hardly anything on how to keep your marriage, make it great, make it holy, you know, and, and I'll put all that together. And so that's what I try to do. That's the niche I'm in. It's a very small niche um, because people really only want to know about marriage when there's just crap. <laughs> <laughs> that's the truth that is the truth and y'all all know it nobody looks for help when they think things are good there's very few people that are like that um so basically when i only get found when people go oh my god she wants a divorce then all of a sudden you know then i, I pop up you know but i really don't like it like that i like helping people before they are in marriage crisis because it's a lot easier to create a great marriage from that point. If you if your you or your wife want a divorce or you are divorced, man, that's a long tough road. It can be done, of course. But man, it's a lot I mean common sense it's easier when your marriage is mediocre, you know, um and it's not really that good compared to I want I want out. I want a divorce. I don't want to be with you no more. I hate you and all that kind of stuff. So that's what this podcast is for. And I've been trying, I mean, I'm trying to get further in into the Catholic church and to get people to really accept that this is a need. Hell, it's 60% divorce right now. You know, people in, people that are devout Catholics and devout Christians, they're getting divorced when they know, when they know that God forbids divorce. 
He frowns upon it. It displeases him. Every We all know, especially if you're orthodox, you know it. But people don't care. In the end, they rationalize it some kind of way that, listen, I'll just figure it out. I know God don't like it, but he's going to have to deal with it. I got to get away from her because she's crazy. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. You know, so this is why what I do is needed. And people like me who do what I do is needed. Um, you know, uh, because if we if if there's no resources out there, that's why I ask everybody when you listen to this show, when my dad, I have a lot of downloads um, of the of the audio, you know, of course, the audio podcast, too, on my podcasting service. And I ask everybody to please share the show, either share it live or share the replay or share it on the audio podcast in audio form. Or if you're on YouTube, share it on YouTube. The thing about it is, man, because that's how you can give back. If if you this thing, if you have the courage to be here, just think what other people would want to do and what they would like. They, they want to learn. And, and, and everybody has problems. Every marriage problems. Everybody. And the the bank, how you know how people handle that though? They handle it by avoiding it. And I ask you, talking to me for the listen to me for the last month and a half, does avoiding anything work in marriage? Just ask yourself that. Does avoiding problems in marriage work? It don't. It doesn't. But people avoid it all the time because why? They don't want an argument or they don't want to a possible or they don't want to feel belittled. Or they don't want to feel like they're not listened to. But if your marriage is mediocre and above, so mediocre, slightly bad, but slightly bad to mediocre to good to great, you got to talk about problems now when you're when you're not mad and she's not mad. That way you'll you'll work together, man. When you get pissed off and she gets pissed off, and then your your marriage is, and your marriage becomes horrible or terrible, or you become a marriage crisis, man. It, nobody wants to talk about nothing because everything turns into an argument. You want to take care of things now, okay? So that's what this podcast is about. And I hope that I'm, I'm, I'm helping you to understand a lot of things and think about a lot of things that you had in the past. Remember, marriage is the hardest relationship on this earth to get great. Hear me again. Marriage is the hardest relationship on this earth to get great, especially now when you have no-fault divorce and the Catholic Church is handing out handing out um annulments like they're candy so women and men they just if they don't if they have no reasons to really stick around unless they really really love god and they and remember the proof of your love of god is what it's not hooping and hollering every sunday and all this emotion it is is complete and utter obedience to the word of god that is love of him but when people these days, they have ways out and the pain is too deep and it hurts, they just want to make it better. Um, and that's what they do. So they separate, then they get a divorce, file for the annulment and all that kind of stuff. Okay. So again, I ask, are you a holy lover? Do you have the will, the want, the desire to become a holy lover, which is what? Becoming the man God created you to be, which means what? Understanding your mission as a man up on this earth. The other part of being a coming a holy lover is be, being the man, that, being the husband that your wife needs, which is so important. Because women, they must be fulfilled as a woman. They must be happy. They must be um, satisfied. That's a given. And if you are on that course with her, 
she will eventually, you will have a boring marriage. It won't have no passion in it. It won't, uh, it, it'll lead to marriage crisis of divorce or whatever, you know? And so this is why I plead to you to understand that the stuff I talk about, I'm not just talking fluff. I'm talking stuff that right now your wife may love you more than anything on the planet, but you know how long it takes that to change? Huh? About five seconds. One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's how long it takes. You know why? Because some demon will get in her ear, which is who? A divorced woman, a single woman, somebody at work, some man talking to her. You just do. You just don't know. That's why it's important that you understand that this is a supernatural battle. Okay? Um, get to work. Become a warrior. Get in a warrior mode. And so today, there are 33 gifts of a holy lover. Today, we're doing eight, number eight. And the 33 gifts to the satisfaction and fulfillment of your wife. Okay? It's important. Do not, I can't say enough. And I know I repeat a lot of stuff every day. You know why? Because that's how you learn. If you listen to me every day, if you start saying, man, he said that yesterday, or man, he said that last week, or man, he said that three days ago, that's great. You know why? That means you're learning. That means you are getting it. You are, and you should You should thank God for that. You should want more of that. Because when something becomes second nature, man, it's hard to beat it out. Right. Just like being, you know, going, doing wrong, doing things wrong can be a habit. Doing things right could be a habit and communication in marriage, understanding how to be a man, understanding intimacy, understanding prayer in the Lord. That stuff is needs to be habit grained into your brain. <laughs> OK, so today we cover holy lover gift number eight, which states a holy lover understands sexual purity and chastity. Ooh, 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 that hurts, don't it? Oh, that hurts. Oh, sexual purity and chastity. Oh, oh, that hurts right there. Oh, Jerry, why you mess with my buzz? Your buzz killer today, Jerry, your buzz killer. Can we talk about sex or something? Can we talk about real sex? Can we talk about prayer? Let's go back to talk about prayer, Jerry. <laughs> we don't want to talk about sexual purity and chastity. We don't want to talk about that today. <laughs> hey. It's very important that you as a man understand chastity and sexual purity. The reason why it keeps you fulfilled as a man. It keeps you it keeps you in favor with God. It really really does, man. It really really does. You know, Monday um I'm having um a a, a pornography guru. Now, pornography guru not that he puts out pornography films. <laughs> I just realized how that sounded. <laughs> no, I'm having on the pornography guru that that's his ministry. That's his apostolate. And so he's going to come on and me and him, we've talked before. And so now I'm going to bring him on and interview him on Monday. So please come, please come around. Uh, please be here. Um, he's, he's, a, he's on fire for God too, man. And so you're going to have two crazy people. <laughs> what do they call us? Hey, 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 what do they call us y'all? They call us uh, Christian, no, uh, Bible thumpers. What else they call us, y'all? We love God. Uh, Christ, we're on fire for Christ. What do they call us? Uh, oh, Jesus freaks. That's the one we hear all the time. Bible thumpers and Jesus freaks. <laughs> well, guess what? You're going to have two Jesus freaks up in here on Monday, right? Uh, another thing, I'll be uh, interviewing my wife again. Uh, I think tomorrow, 
I forgot. I think it's tomorrow. But uh, she wants to come on and talk about menopause again and, and do a, a part two. Um, she loved the first show. Um, so she wants to, to, to do a, a follow up. So tomorrow, you know, tell all your wives and all you men, you know, call, you know, do a call and ask my wife a question. Or ask me a question and let's really make this fun tomorrow. OK, so. A holy lover understands sexual purity and chastity. In short, a holy lover must never allow himself to be trapped by sexual passions. Oh, the ultimate proof of authentic masculinity as Christ displayed is control under the virtue of temperance. Temperance is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful virtue, man. It, it, it helps you become a man. This is why you hear, well, when I was a kid, you know, you always hear, you know, uh, Baptist, usually I was I was around Baptist a lot when I was a kid. You always hear them say, "Oh, you if you're drinking and gambling, that's bad." No, it's not bad. What is it in the Bible? It says that gambling and and um and drinking alcohol is bad. Let's, okay, let's talk. Let's leave the gambling alone. Okay, let's just talk about one. So drinking. Okay, first of all, this comes from people who don't understand that. The the what God is asking of us. Okay, so basically it goes down to this. If drinking was bad, why did God's first miracle be at a, at a marriage ceremony turning water into wine? <laughs> Enough said. Enough said. Enough said. Would God do a miracle turning water into wine if drinking alcohol is bad of course he wouldn't of course he wouldn't that's why you have temperance like people don't agree with giving kids wine at the dinner table stuff of course you want to give kids wine at the dinner table you know why because they develop temperance they be, they, they learn how to control themselves they understand when i'm getting buzzed when i'm not getting buzzed what's too much what's not too much my kid, I had a kid, my boy went to uh, IU. IU is the drinking capital college university of the world on the planet. And what most happens is kids go to, they, they, their, you know, their whole life, they haven't drunk a lick of alcohol. Then, of course, they get to IU. And guess what? Everybody drinks. There are parties. There are um, frat parties. There are dances. There are functions. There are plenty of bars on every corner, multiple bars on every corner. So you think your kid going to IU or basically any university in this country, even Steubenville, <laughs> you think they're not going to drink or if they don't drink, that they're going to at least do it a little bit. And so what happens is they get, they get to, they never drunk before and have no tempers built up. Then what happens is they'll go to college and they'll become drunks. They'll get drunk every weekend. Because they don't really understand what drinking's about, you know. Drinking is a social thing. Now I understand, but see, people what they do is when they can't handle something, when somebody can't handle something, or like a person can't handle something, they want everybody else to be like them. Like a, a woman has a had a husband for a, for a, he, who was an alcoholic. Now she don't want anybody to drink because that's because drinking is evil. That's not true. That's not true. Drinking. Is is as long as everything in moderation, right? So that's how you build up temperance, build up a tolerance for alcohol. Okay, you learn to control yourself. 
That's why God allows us to drink so that we learn how to control ourselves. Okay. Um, and, and there are a lot of things that are like that. And, and, and so when we talk about, um, you know, controlling our passions in the, in, in chastity, in the sexual world, it's the same thing. You cannot be, you know, you've got to control yourself. You've got to con- learn how to, as a man to control yourself because that is the true, that is one of the truest, uh, the truest signs that you are becoming true man. So like I just said, the ultimate proof of authentic masculinity as Christ displayed his control under the virtue of temperance. In order to claim true man, we must deny our attachment to pleasure. Okay. That is called what? Effeminacy. Effeminacy does not mean you act like a woman. Effeminacy means that you as a man are attached to pleasure that you put your void doing the hard, difficult, extremely very hard things to do in lieu of pleasure. Okay, because my goal in life is to be, is to be is to have pleasure all the time. Now, people, everybody in their mama will tell you, man, my life ain't about pleasure. I, I'm not trying to seek pleasure all the time. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. We 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 get a job so we can have more money so that we can pay our bills so we can have pleasure. And then in between that, what do we do? We even pick jobs because that job is fun. I'm talented at it and it makes me feel good. Or I go and play video games all the time because it makes me feel pleasure. I go to bars and I drink and I go out to have parties. I do all this all the time. You know, pleasure or I avoid my family because my wife makes it difficult for me to come home. So I go out, play golf or spend time with my buddies or things like that. Those are just a few examples that I can think of off the top of my head, but everybody knows the real deal, you know? And so when, and even those things in themselves are not bad. What, when it becomes bad is when we get attached to it, where we can't pull ourselves away from certain things. Okay. That's what effeminacy is. And what effeminacy does, it makes you become effeminate, uh, weak, soft. You won't become, you know, pleasure makes us not want to take responsibility or do the actions it takes to do what needs to be done to, to save our marriage, to get our family in order, to get a relationship with God. Okay. And so then we become emasculated. So we easily become emasculated. We people, you know, people strip our, our masculinity away and masculinity becomes unimportant. That's why masculinity is under attack right now. Because Satan knows if I can destroy the, the family, get the man out the house, put pants on a woman, and emasculate him, and he becomes disrespected, I got him. I got him. And guess what? It's, that's, what's, that's what's happened. Okay? We, in order to claim true man, we must deny our, our attachment to pleasure. We will allow ourselves to, to, um, to be slaves to our passions, or we will be masters of our passions. Today we explore the sins against chastity and not to get on you and to make you feel bad and to make you feel like, oh, I'm sinning and all that kind of mess. That's stupid. No, I'm not doing that. I'm doing this because a real, what we got to do as men is confront our problems. We confront them head on. So what? We don't do like our wife does when she gets mad and avoid stuff, avoid the marriage, avoid talking to us, avoid whatever. You can't do that. We have to hit problems head on to get them before they get bad, okay? And they start to control us, and they start to um, um, become, we become a slave to it, right? 
So also it helps you understand how these things can strip away your masculinity and foster effeminacy and emasculation and leave you weak and unfulfilled as a man and husband. Again, this is a spiritual battle, gentlemen. This is a spiritual battle. God is everywhere. Satan is everywhere. And your job is, please, is to see it for what it is. You know, as long as your mind is on God, Satan leaves you alone. Remember that, okay? The only question about this whole thing is, will you cooperate? Huh, bam. If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an opportunity to work with me personally for free. Yes, within 30 days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com. That's SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com to become the man God created you to be and the husband your wife needs. Lastly, I always get the question, why don't you help women? And I always answer them, I do. So for all of you beloved wives out there that want to reignite that feeling of emotional closeness and complete love from your hubby, consider marriage coaching and visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an improved marriage within 30 days. All right, all right. So we're gonna get into it. We're gonna get into it. But first, I'd like a call, like a call, you know, or or you know, are you are you having problems with chastity in your marriage? You know, pornography, things like that. You know, uh, if you are, hey, we could talk about it and get things going, get you some answers on how to help because really. I uh I do have a lot of resources on how to help you. Um uh things, you know, uh we got to understand that when problems present themselves as men, we do not procrastinate and put them off. Okay, especially when it comes to our relationship with God and our relationship with our wife. We never ever 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 put those problems off. We handle those now. We don't put those problems behind fixing the car. We don't put those problems behind fixing to getting the job at work, fixing the problems at work. We don't put that stuff behind our business. We don't put that stuff behind our children. You know, everything, your relationship with, your, with God, relationship with your wife comes first above everything, everything. That's your priority. Do not get it twisted. If you are in marriage problems right now, that's why. Because you over over years have have somehow convinced yourself that somehow my job is more important than God and my wife or my kids are somehow more important than God and my wife. They are not even close. They are not even close. You Because the thing is, the reason I don't tell you to put your kids first, because that's ludicrous. That's not what your wife signed up for. And definitely God and if you get those two relationships right, your kids will follow anyway. Your kids will follow anyway. You don't even need to really put them first because as long as your kids know you love them and you and you care about them, 
and you spend a little time with them and you make them into men and women, that's all that, and that you and your wife don't get divorced and y'all stay together forever. That's all your really kids, your really kids really care about. They really do. Even the ones, even the ones today that are selfish, you know, that is the key. That is the key. You know, start there, start there. And if your kids do complain about you don't love them, then okay, that that means what? Okay, I need to get my game together with my children. And you go to your wife and your God, and you you work that out, and then you'll see the kids will come along. The kids will come along. Okay. So as I promised, as I promised, um, how to save your marriage when your wife is giving up. Holy lover gift number eight. A holy lover understands sexual purity and chastity. So how does chastity and sexual purity save your marriage? Well, it, 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 sexual purity and control of our sexual appetites is one of the ultimate signs of maturity and authentic masculinity. The, the, this, controls garner, this, con, this control garners extreme love appreciation, respect, and a feeling of security from our wife. That's how you save your marriage and get your wife back. A lot of times dudes, their wife will go mess around on them or their dude, their wife will stop making love to them or their wife will start avoiding them or will leave or ask for a divorce, all this, the stuff. And one of the first thing a man does is he allows another woman to come into the into the marriage, into into the life, into the, his life. So when now I understand why, because I was there. Well, if she's doing that, then she don't care about me anyway. So I'm gonna go and blah 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 whatever I'm gonna do. Well, guess what? That does not work. Why? Because it 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 kills all credibility. It kills all credibility. With your wife, with God, with your kids, with your friends, with your mother and father, with everybody. Of course, everybody says it's not your wife. Everybody says, oh, even your wife will say sometimes, oh, that's okay. Don't worry, you, you know, move on, and I want you to move on and leave, and you're right. But she don't mean that. Other than your wife, everybody else, you know, they'll say, yeah, that's good. You got that other woman and stuff. You know, you deserve to be happy, but behind your back, you lost credibility. You say you love your wife and family, but then we go out and we get another woman or allow, or allow another woman to, to get in our life and we stop, you know, we don't fight. And then we expect, you know, and then we wonder why our wife never comes back or why our wife looks at us different, why our kids look at us different. Okay? The more virtuous you are, the more holy you are, people look at you different. Sure, there's more expectations. Just what like God does. The closer you are to God, the more he expects from you. Okay? So the reason that, uh, that, that, that understanding sexual purity and chastity is important is because of what it gets from your wife. It, what it gets from your wife. You know, she feels more secure. She feels, um, she feels more loved. She feels that you are, that she's number one, that she is the one in your life. Um, she, uh, it gives her confidence that you aren't going around with anybody else, even when she's mad because she's an emotional being, right? So you guys know that sometimes all you, with your wife, when she's mad, all you got to do is wait it out. 
and and trying to to upset her in that way again, or when she, or then when she calms down, you guys talk about it, okay? Number also that your wife is number one priority and daily. We prove this to her by our devotion, love, and adherence of, to self mastery of our sexual passions. When you control yourself and your sexual passions, first of all, you become stronger. You become mentally stronger. You become a person that can um, that controls his flesh. That's why we fast and we offer that suffering up to Christ for our wife. We fast because if you fast, which means what? I deny myself food for however, however many long, the demons leave you alone. If you fast, but you have to, you have to unite that suffering with Christ. You just can't fast to lose weight. That's that doesn't count. Because demons, the demon, if you're fasting for God, the demons will leave you alone. Why? Because you're, you're, you're mastering your flesh, your body, your, your passions, your appetites. And if you as a man can do that, that's how you become a soldier. That's how you become a warrior. And the demons know that. Okay? That's why Christ went in the, in, um, in the desert for 40 days and 40 nights and eat. You know? So this is, Christ shows us how to be men. But we have to ask him. We have to embrace it and want to change and want to learn, okay? So what is the virtue of chastity? Chastity is the virtue which excludes or moderates the indulgence of the sexual appetite. Oh, Lord. Mm. It is a form of the virtue of temperance, which controls, according to the right reason, the desire for a for and use of those things which afford the greatest sensual pleasures. Why? Sex is very pleasurable. It feels good for a reason. Why? Because of God, procreation, and wanting us to send saints back to him. If, if, if making love was not pleasurable, you no know, one would do it. That's why as a man, if your wife doesn't want to make love to you, guess why? Because it doesn't feel good to her. She's not having a good time. And it's hard to, as a man to look at that and ask ourselves that question. Matter of fact, we never ask ourselves that question. We never say, I wonder why my wife don't want to make love to me. You know what we say? Man, that's messed up. My wife don't want to have sex with me. That's real messed up. <laughs> See the difference in the questions? One question blames her. The other question, you look at yourself, which please, I implore you to start using that tactic because it will serve you well. Okay? Only rookies blame other people when they could have done better to prevent a situation. That's what immature rookies do. People who are rookies in marriage, that's what they do. You know, you know, pros, what the pros do is they go, first thing they do when something goes wrong, you don't overreact, you try not to get upset, but you stand there and you look in the mirror at yourself and you think, okay, how could I have handled that better? What did I do? And guess what? Then your wife will start to love you again. She will. Your kids will respect you, too, because if you look at yourself first all the time and don't go off blaming everybody else for, you know, even at your job with your employees. I hate it when I, you know, when I watch TV shows or in real life, I see a supervisor. First thing they do when something goes wrong, well, it's all, they, you know, it's everybody else's fault on the floor. It's not, you know, they don't look at themselves. What, what could you have done as a supervisor 
to get your employees to be to be better people for you. Because here, here's a, here's a secret about employees. Employees really don't work for themselves. They work to get the money, but they really work for you as the supervisor. That's who they do. You're the coach. Just like in football or any other sport, those kids play for the coach. They don't really play for nothing else. They play because they're having fun, and they play, you know, if they want to go to playing high school or playing college or whatever. But in the in the immediate realm, people play for the coach. Why? They don't want to disappoint him. Okay? Just like God, the way you know that your maturity in the faith is happening is you stop fearing going to hell and you start fearing, I don't want to disappoint the Father, God. Just like your father in your real life, your, your biological father. Most people don't want to disappoint their father. They're scared of him at first, which every man should be scared of your father. Of course you should when you're little. Why? Because that person, the, the, your father is the one that keeps you from being a gang member, a drug addict, from um, going out and getting girls pregnant, from going out doing stealing and, and being silly as a young boy. Well, if my father's going to whoop my butt, which is going to be 10 times worse than, than this, then I'm going to do, my, my father's going to kill me. You ever heard guys say that? Man, I can't do that, man. My father's going to kill me. <laughs> That's what I used to say. As I say, well, no, I, I say, you know, man, my mother's going to kill me. <laughs> Because my father was laid back and cool, but my mother was the one that you have to watch out for. <laughs> but really, but really, man, people play for the coach. The coach is the one that gets everybody in the game and get and, and, and they play, you know, that shows he cares. That shows he has their best interest in heart. Employees are the same way. Kids are the same way. And if you understand that, then you don't go around blaming, and your wife is kind of the same way too, except your wife is not your kid or your employee. She's your beloved. The difference between that is if you, if you treat your wife wrong or, or have bad body language, or body language or don't listen to her, then what you'll do is you will hurt her. And then she will start to think you don't love her, and then the emotional connection in your marriage will go away, and when that goes, your wife goes. Okay. So chastity is the virtue. So it, like I said, it's a it's the virtue that excludes or moderates the indulgence of our sexual appetite, right? So chastity, the other thing is there is chastity moderates our sexual appetites. So as a man, that moderate is what control, like control ourselves. We become stronger. The demons leave us alone. We control our appetites. Okay, we must understand that offenses against chastity open the doorway to evil in our homes. Masturbation, same-sex attraction, lust, etc., seep into our relationship with our beloved and allow the demonic into our home. Once in, chaos and extreme chaos ensues, and we don't even realize what has happened until it is too late. You ever had problems like that? Remember, as I've said before, and you ain't just heard that from me, you've heard it from a lot of uh, pastors and priests and stuff. Oh, and I'm not a pastor. Please don't say that. <laughs> don't think that. <laughs> um, so, you know, evil always looks and sounds logical at first. It always does. That's why Eve ate the apple, because she wanted to be like God. But more important than that, Satan got her, got her curiosity built up. That's why curiosity is a sin. 
because she got her curiosity built up. Oh, I could be like God and I could eat this apple and I could be like God. Oh, really? You know? And so we, you don't, you know, you know, if you eat this apple, you will be like God. You would know what it means. You would have the power of life and death. You understand all of that, you know? And so he, he, he talked her into it, you know, um, it, cause it sounded what it sounded logical, but evil always sounds logical. And then as soon as you do it, the devil does what man, he, girl, you should have done that. I'm I, I'm I'm gonna be over here because God'll be here in a minute, but I'm I'm gonna go over here. But you should have done that. <laughs> you know that is how it works. Okay, so um, as a defender, um, as a defender against evil in our in our home, it is a husband's responsibility to keep these things out of his home. It is said the sixth and the sixth commandment, adultery, and the ninth commandment, cover thy neighbor's wife are responsible for many souls in hell. And it's true. So we are going to cover the offenses against chastity so that you can protect your home, family, and marriage from evil. The thing about it is get a plan. If you have a problem with pornography, you get a, you get what you do is you get a, a software called Covenant Eyes and you put it on all your phones and your computers and stuff and you won't be doing that no more because that stuff and you have a, a accountability partner, and then that what will happen is when you watch pornography, that person will know, and then the software shuts your stuff down. Okay, that's if you're really serious about you know being a virtuous man and stop stop being a slave to pornography. But if a person's not, if a person doesn't really care, then you don't get that stuff. Okay, next. So saving our marriage when our wife has given up must include sexual purity. Why? Because if we don't, we as husbands lose all credibility in our quest to once again have our beloved wife back in our arms. Remember, if you, if we are in our marriages, if we're in our marriages and we're watching pornography, most guys wonder like, what's my wife mad for? What's, what's she mad for? I'm just watching, you know, she's not making love to me. She's not giving me sex like I want. So, if I'm looking at other women, I'm not really doing anything. You know, I'm not really, you know, with physically with another woman. What is she mad for? Well, your wife is mad because you have given your heart, mind, and soul away to a picture. And women ain't stupid. They know when their husband is not all in. God gave them that instinct. That's why when your wife starts nagging you, you got serious marriage problems. When your wife starts now, you got why? Because your wife is thinking, okay, he's not all present. Like something's wrong with him. He he's not he's not giving me enough attention or whatever. He's neglecting me. I don't know what the problem is, but I know it's something. So she nags you. And 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 so that's what happens when we start, when a man or a husband starts getting involved in pornography, is that what happens is they they're not present to their wife. They go, you know what? I ain't got to work it out with my wife. So, because I'm, I'm having, I'm having, I'm having, I'm masturbating over here. So I don't need her. And women do the same thing. You know, you know, women, they, they deny their husband their, the marital embrace because they're off masturbating. And so they get satisfied. And so they go, well, see, I don't got, I don't have to have sex with him. I don't need him. So I ain't got to try to work it out with him. That's wrong. That 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 divides your marriage like a big wall. You know, 
And that's why real adult people, they get past their ego and their pride. They get Satan out in between, from in between them, and they work it out. But if we are masturbating and watching pornography, then our feelings tell us, well, I don't need him because I'm already satisfied. I don't do anything special. I just hang out with myself. Well, when we do that, first of all, we invite the demonic into our home real strong. Um, remember, uh, it is our responsibility to keep our homes free of these things in order to keep our mind clear and our home holy. Man, that is so important. Remember how you we always talk about, man, how, you know, when you pray, you keep your mind clear. When you don't pray, you allow other things in. And so when we do things like offenses against chastity, sins, sins against chastity, our mind becomes cloudy. Sin makes us stupid. We don't see the world for really, really is. We think pornography is cool. We don't see it's, it's, you know, we don't really realize that if I keep masturbating, I'm going to get erectile dysfunction eventually. We don't even realize that, but we do. We will, you know. There's always consequences to evil. Please understand that. It's not a joke. It's it's real. Okay? Next, um, I will pull out our definitions from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, Christ Church, which is where most of sacred tradition is laid down by the law of Christ for his flock. Offenses, so here we go, let's go. So we're going to start. Offenses against chastity. Oh, we're doing good today. I'm good time today. So offenses against chastity. Number one, lust. So lust is a disordered desire for an, an inordinate enjoyment of sexual pleasure. Sexual pleasure is morally disordered when sought for itself and isolated from its pro pro procreative and unitive purposes. Look, that's why people who, who couples who do not have God in their bedroom, they are susceptible to lust and eroticism, not intimacy. Intimacy is of God. Eroticism and lust is of evil. We've got to understand that. This is why you bring God into your bedroom. Why? Because when we were dating our wife, we slept with her. Okay? And so what happens is once we get married after sleeping with our wife for a year before marriage or two years or three years or four years or some people 12 years and then we get married guess what the lust didn't ran the uh, intimacy that ran out all we got is lust we can't figure out why the sex wasn't as good as what before the reason was it is because we didn't overdone it we've allowed lust into our life and so lust runs out eroticism runs out that's why people do all this crazy stuff in their bedrooms to try to get the to try to get the intimacy back and get it. You know, it's like drinking coffee or, or crack or cocaine or whatever. You know, the more you do it, then what happens is the more you got to take to get a bigger high. God knows what he's doing. OK, that's why lust is, is, is it's 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 bad. But the good thing about it is, man, is it doesn't have to be. God has a better plan for our intimacy if we just allow it to happen. Number two, masturbation. We talked a lot about that, but I'm going to give you the church's definition on masturbation. So masturbation is, is the deliberate stimulation of the, genu the genital organs in order to derive sexual pleasure. Both the magisterium of the church in the course of a constant tradition and the moral sense of the faithful has been in no doubt 
and have firmly maintained that masturbation is an intrinsically and gravely disordered action. The deliberate use of the sexual of this sexual faculty, for whatever reason, outside of marriage, is essentially contrary to its purpose. For here, sexual pleasure is sought outside of the sexual relationship, which is demanded by the moral order and in which the total meaning of mutual self-giving and human procreation in the context of true love is archived. Now, all that complicated words right there is this. Masturbation interferes in procreation. If you interfere in procreation, God going to whoop your butt. That's just the bottom line. <laughs> That's why you get erectile dysfunction if you keep masturbating. That's why you don't you don't have and then when you get when you are masturbating and then you get with a woman, you can't perform properly because your mind you start having a premature ejaculation and then because your mind has a trigger that I can only be triggered with my hand and not a beautiful woman, my beloved wife. Okay? It those are the those are the down home those are the down-home consequences of masturbation. But the supernatural consequences of masturbation are we are spilling our seed on the ground. It interferes with procreation, which is all God's plan, is to have everybody in heaven with him. And we enter, when we spill our seed on the, on, the, on the ground, which has souls in it, that has the ability to create souls, we cause problems. Okay? That's, that is, I can't put it to you no better than that. You know, Guys think that masturbation is cool. It ain't cool. It ain't cool. It ain't. But why? Because it makes you effeminate. It emasculates you. You're not. You doesn't be a real man. It does. It makes us not be of Christ. It makes us look. It makes us not understand what suffering and sacrifice is. If a priest can go his whole life and not make love and not um and not and ma masturbate. There, that lets you know that it's possible, right? That it's possible. The great, which means what? It's the grace of God, the grace of God that helps you. That is why you don't pornography and masturbation. Okay, I said enough. Next, number three, fornication. Fornication is the carnal union between an unmarried man and an unmarried woman. It is gravely contrary to the dignity of the person. Of, of persons and of a human sexuality, which is naturally ordered to the good of spouses and the generation and education of children. Basically, it moves down to what we talked about earlier, credibility, fornication outside of marriage. It damages the woman. Oh, my God, please understand that. Every time, every sex partner a woman has with, uh, 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 that she has, I'm not talking about another woman. That is that is basically morally screwed up. What I mean is when every time, because let's be real, lesbians ain't doing nothing. They playing. <laughs> they playing house. Okay. So, but when a woman has sex with a man, the more partners she has, the more the more uh, damaged her soul and her psyche become. Why? Because women are receivers. They are not meant to, to have a lot of different men inside them like that because it destroys them emotionally, psychologically, and spiritually. This is why I tell you men that, that sex is 10 times more important for a woman than it is a man. And if you don't understand that, you will damage a woman. You will. You will hurt her. That's why when you when you when a man leaves a woman, he has slept with her for a year or six months, or it doesn't matter, five days. 
that she will go and flatten his tires at his job. She will go in his job, knock on the door, bust, break the grass, the glass, and tell everybody in the world what he did to her. You know why? Because she's damaged now. She's damaged. Her psych- she's psychologically damaged. And then people say, well, just get over it. Every woman on the planet knows that a woman just, when she has sex with a man, she just can't get over it. Everybody knows that except men. Every woman knows that. And so when we, and listen, I did it too. I'm not sitting here judging anybody on that. What I'm saying is I understand because I did the same thing. I know many of guys who has, all of us do. But we didn't really know if most dudes knew that every woman I had sex with, I'm, I am I am connected to her for the rest of my life. I am bonded to that woman for the rest of my life. A lot of guys would think twice about having sex with a woman. They would. You are chemically bonded to a woman every time you make love to a certain woman. It doesn't matter who they are. Okay? You are bonded to them for life. Now, and on top of that, you damage them. You damage the soul and psychology, psych, uh, psych, psyche and the emotional stability of a woman. That's why women have so many disorders and stuff. They're taking pills and stuff all the time. And they're taking birth control pills and all this kind of crap. They can't, women cannot figure out what their mission is, what they're supposed to be doing. Because they keep opening their legs and they keep having all these babies allowing these men to take advantage of them. You know how you get a man to marry you, ladies? I'm gonna tell you the secret. And every guy, every guy listening to this knows it. They know this. You don't sleep with him for six months. And see how see how see if you can see how many uh, marriage proposals you get. <laughs> it works. Saint Alphonse Goria, the doctor, more doctor of the church, he says it. If a man, if you're if you're a woman and you're dating a man, and he has not asked you to marry him in six months, you to get rid of him because he ain't serious. After the fall, every woman, every woman is ordered extremely hard towards marriage. They can deny it all they want. People deny the natural order, the natural law all the time. But women know that they that they're ordered towards marriage. They all know it. They're ordered towards children, having children. They all know it. Except except men. Men, I don't know. We have this great ability to be in the twilight zone on a lot of things and don't have to really think about stuff. But the trill is, man, try to understand what I'm saying. Try to understand. This is the power of you as a man that I try to get across to you as much as I can. Men think we have no power today. We have a lot of power. And all that power comes from the grace of God when we use it properly. That's why when you become holy and virtuous, everybody looks at you different. They look at you different. They treat you different. They do. But we don't really know that because we're so entrenched in evil and sin and selfishness. Okay? So, next. Next. Uh, number four, pornography. We talked about that already, but I'm going to give you a definition. Pornography consists in removing real or simulated sexual acts from the intimacy of the partners in order to display them deliberately to third parties. It offends against chastity because it perverts the conjugal act, the intimate giving of spouses to each other. It goes grave. It does grave injury to the, the to the dignity of the participants, actors, vendors, the public, etc. Since each one becomes an object of base pleasure and illicit profit for others. 
It immerses all who are involved in the illusion of a fantasy world. It is a grave offense. Civil authorities should prevent the production and distribution of pornographic materials. Boom. Simple. The real deal. It harms you as a man. It harms your soul. It harms your, your psyche. It causes it causes sexual health problems with you as a man. I can't really put it to you no more plain than that. There, listen. The way God has set all this stuff up is this. Sinful, bad acts that we do have two consequences. It has the supernatural consequence, and it has the practical every day-to-day consequence of the effect on your life. This is why, man, look, man, I'm not stupid. I'm not just sitting here telling you stuff because, oh, well, God said it. and blah, blah. No, dude, we, you see it. You see it. It's not just... Be- We've got to we've got to stop telling people you don't do something just because God said it. Because people these days don't care about that; they really don't. Sure, we understand as Christians that that is the ultimate. That yeah, but that's just we say that we're just giving lines. But we all know that today people don't really care about that. What God thinks like that? They only time people listen is when the pain is so great that's that that they have no choice but to conform to God. Then everybody wants to conform to God. Nobody wants to conform to God when their life is good. <laughs> they don't. So next, number five, prostitution. Prostitution does injury to the dignity of the person who engages in it, reduces the person to an in- instrument of sexual pleasure. This is why prostitutes are, are, are instruments. They're objectified, right? They get money. But guess who else becomes objectified? Your wife. When when If a wife is taking uh, contraception of birth control, she becomes a prostitute. She really does because there's nothing on the line. There's nothing on the line. Love must have something on the line. And that is children and, and the love of God and mercy and grace. Creation. So when a woman takes birth control, what happens is she becomes stupid. She don't even know what's up and down. She because the chemicals are screwing with her mind and stuff and her body, and she doesn't know what's what to do. What what her mission is? What I'm supposed to be doing as a woman? Do I go get a job? Do I be a, a lawyer? Do I be the president? Do I raise kids? Do I even have kids? She don't know what the heck to do. Why? Because she's so chemically screwed up. Chemicals are toxins in the body. Toxins in the body. Cause if a, if you have a if you have a wife and she and she has mental problems, her diet is probably number one reason why. Nobody tells you that. Doctors don't tell you that. Why? Because they want to give you pills. If you have OCD, BAC, LFT, <laughs> whatever all these these uh, mental stuff is today, first thing you do is you stop putting toxins in your body. That's what you do. Sugar, carbohydrates, over-the-counter medicines, prescribed medicines, and then you eat right. You eat protein. And then let's see what happens. Stop going to a doctor for every little thing, man, because you they're going to give you – because doctors are trained, bless their heart. They're trained to give you a chemical. Why? Because nobody wants to suffer for nothing. So when you go to the doctor, he goes, well, you don't want to suffer, so here this pill is. And that's why we're no birth control. We're no birth control, man. They are damaged. They it is, it, it, it is their fault, but it's not their fault. We don't teach women these days about being holy, how to be a lady anymore, about what their mission is as a woman. We don't teach them that no more. So women go out here with doing what men do. 
Well, this, I guess my feelings, at least with men, there's a logic side somewhat, but men are all emotional too nowadays, but women are all emotional. Women make decisions on emotion. Straight up, straight out. And then they say, you know what? I deal with the consequences later. (laughs) So please understand when you have mental problems, it's been proven. If you get on YouTube and research it, bad diets cause mental problems. Please. Next. Um, uh, let me see. Rape. The next one is uh, rape. So number six is rape. Rape is the forcible violation of the sexual intimacy of another person. It does injury to justice and charity. Rape deeply wounds the respect, freedom, and physical and moral integrity to which every person has a right. It causes grave damage that can mark the victim for life. It is always an intrinsically evil act. Graver still is the rape of children committed by parents, incest, or those responsible for the education of the children entrusted to them. So rape is, oh my God, I've I've never experienced that, thanks God. But Women don't get over it. It takes a lot of healing by her husband and by God to get her out of that. But a man that's been raped, there was a dude I know that I uh, heard about where he went to seminary in the 70s or 80s or 90s, I can't remember, and basically he got raped in the seminary. So he come out of seminary thinking he's gay, and he ain't. He got raped. And so what I'm saying is, man, our job as men, man, is to police society. And, and when we don't police society correctly, things like this happen. Okay? So, next. Uh, the last but not least, number seven, is chastity and homosexuality. So, same-sex attraction refers to relations between men or between women who experience an exclusive or predominant sexual attraction towards persons of the same sex. It has taken a great variety of forms through the centuries and in different cultures. It's psychologically genesis. It's psychological genesis remains largely unexplained basic basing itself on sacred scripture, which presents same sex acts as an acts of grave depravity. Tradition has always declared that homosexual acts are intrinsically disordered. They are contrary to the natural law. They close the sexual act to the, to the gift of life. This inclination, which is objectively disordered, constitutes the most of them, constitutes for most of them a trial, basically carrying the cross. They must be accepted with respect. Sorry. They must be accepted with respect, compassion, and sensitivity. Every sign of unjust discrimination in their regard should be avoided. These persons are called to fulfill God's will in their lives, and if they are Christians, to unite the sacrifice of the Lord's cross the difficulties they may encounter from their condition. Same-sex attracted persons are called to chastity and abstinence just as any heterosexual man or woman. Okay, so everybody knows about sticking stuff the wrong place. I ain't got to go into all that, but I want to give you you the, the real definition of that. The main thing is, man, that, you know, we have to make sure that you because you can't change people by getting in their face, talking bad about them, and all that kind of stuff, confronting them, 
the met the best way you do is you 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 pray and then God will send somebody in their life that will help them to overcome their cross. Okay, um, and so that's how it works. And on the last thing I'm gonna say on this is every man and woman we are called by God to be the best example of a man or a woman that we can be. Why? Because of the little ones, because of the children. Okay. Sure. We can say don't do it because of God. But as we talked about a few seconds ago, that is not always enough these days. But people say they love kids. They say that they want, they want to protect the innocence of children. So offenses against chastity is what is what it is about is when we as adults do things, especially mothers and fathers, what happens is our children see it. And so what that does is that changes the world. As a woman and as a man, as a husband and a, and a wife, you can change the world on the negative side or you can make the world great by raising great children and becoming holy and virtuous yourself. Not saying it's easy. It's just the way it is. I hope you guys got some out of this. I love you all. Thank you again. Bam. Let's talk about your Catholic marriage problems. Weekdays, 10 a.m. Eastern. Live streamed on the Catholic Alpha Radical Facebook page and CatholicAlpha.com. All right. All right. And so we end today, as we always do, um, with a quote from Pope Benedict XVI. And again, the reason that I went over that stuff today is because it's a holy lover gift. It is a gift. What I just told you, giving, bestowing that knowledge and, and becoming a chaste man is a gift to your wife. It really is. And you, if you want your wife to love you and be devoted to you, and serve you and respect you, then what you have to do is become the virtuous man first. Then she will. If you as the husband don't change, you can't, your wife will not change. Your kids won't change because everybody's waiting on you. And I know that's, that's hard for some men to really understand that. It's hard for some men to really get that. It really is. Why am I responsible for everything? Why am I the one that has to do everything? Why am I the one that has to make sure everything's done and all that kind of stuff? I get tired of it too. But you know what? What makes me feel better is that it's my life. Stop bitching and whining about it. It is what it is. That's how God set it up. And I'm more at peace with it. Sure, I have days where I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh. But dude, basically in the end, it don't even really matter. Either you pass the test and you get in the game or you fail and you lose, all right? So, as we always do, we end with a quote from Pope Benedict XVI, which states, Society offers you comfort, but you weren't made for comfort. You were made for greatness. So, go forth, Christian soldier. The spiritual fight is up on you. Fast. Pray. And prepare. Uh-oh. For battle. <laughs> 
thank you for listening in today. If what you heard helped you in any way and you would like more personal attention, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior marriage coaching. And remember to join the Catholic Alpha Radical Live podcast as a caller or listener every Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern. To join as a caller, dial area code 313 Radical. To join as a listener or view the live stream, visit the Catholic Alpha Radical Live Facebook page or visit CatholicAlpha.com for Catholic marriage help that actually works. Bang.